really committed to, you know, caring for each other and building these networks, you have to include youth. Welcome back to Speaking Queerly. We're a podcast hosted by Kaleidoscope Youth Center, which is Ohio's largest and longest standing organization serving and supporting LGBTQIA youth and young adults ages 12 to 24. Um, I'm Mallory, I use she, her pronouns, and I'm the Civic Engagement and Advocacy Manager here at KYC. Today, I'm joined by August and Inez, who are KYC youth and also members of the Central Ohio Youth Liberation Organization, or COIL. COIL is a queer youth affinity group based in so-called Columbus, Ohio, united by art, punk, philosophy, and youth liberation. It's influenced by the works of youth liberation thinkers such as Genevieve Shade, Emma Goldman, and Ashanti Alston, as well as the organizing strategies of Youth Liberation of Ann Arbor and the Youth Liberation Front. COIL members create projects, host events, act individually to disrupt adult to disrupt adultism, talk about disrupting adultism right there, <laughs> and other hierarchies within the LGBT plus community, educational institutions, and beyond. And that is so much. And I have the yeah. pleasure to like work with some COIL folks, mm -hmm. get to know you a little bit more, mm -hmm. but I want to unpack everything. There's a lot, there's a, there's a lot there. And it's interesting because um, I'm sure, I, I know this, this is a lot of Co, um, another like organizer in the group. This is a lot of her in this, and that's good. Like, but I think we all have a different kind of approach, yeah. which I like. I like that no one is kind of has one kind of like yeah. unified. I think philosophy. We all kind of have bits and pieces that we bring that I think make it unique. Oh, I love yeah. that. Yeah, um, we're definitely gonna have some time to mm -hmm. get into mm -hmm. all of that, and I want to hear it all. Um, but first, like, I want to learn a little bit. Of, um, <laughs> I want to learn a little bit more about both of you. So if you want to mm -hmm. introduce yourselves, name, pronouns, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Okay. All right. My name's August. I am a high school, I'm 18. I'm a high school dropout and I'm into like cybersecurity and like game development and stuff. Nice. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Youth liberation mainly though. Yeah. I love it. Nice. I'm Ines. I'm 17. I'm a high schooler. Um, and I'm just trying to get through my senior year, um, organizing and just, I think like specifically queer youth organizing has been honestly one of the saving graces. So, uh, yeah, just getting through my senior year and enjoying, uh, doing stuff like this. Yeah. I love it. Um, so we always start each episode with an add-on question. Mm -hmm. um, and I just kind of want to know more about, like, so the way that I was initially thinking about this is, like, if you weren't in school, like, that takes up a lot of your time each mm -hmm. day. And if you didn't have that to worry about, what would you do to fill your time? Um, but August, you've already kind of given us a glimpse into what yeah. that could yeah. look like. Um, so I just want to know a little bit more about, like, what do, you, what do you like to do to fill your time? And what do you wish you had more time to do that maybe is more for fun for you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You can go. I like to make programs my free time, mainly. Been working on a game. But I also like to do youth lip stuff. Um, yeah. It kind of sucks because, like, I dropped out of school thinking I'd have all this more time and now I'm, now I'm just spending it working. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How it goes. Yeah, that's the thing is that, uh, you know, I think work and school are similar in that way is in like yeah. institutions you have to, because it's like the way that we've set up, you know, whatever society and all that, that we have to attend and we have to participate in this way. And then it's like, it's created these systems where 
you have so little free time and the free time that you do have, you're exhausted because that's not the priority, you know? Like the, I think a lot of what I, I enjoy about Coil is building a third space mm -hmm. that allows you to, you know, live beyond just like the homework or homeschool kind of like, I don't know, system. So like, I think if, if we had, if we lived in a world where we were, you know, gifted more free time um, and we were to use it, I think, I think I would rest, but I also think like I, I would engage in art and I think I would, I, I'm able to engage in my community more deeply when I have free time, which is, you'd think counterintuitive because you'd think, well, you're at work, you're at school, you're surrounded by people. It's like, no, but you're tied institutionally. And so there isn't that autonomy to, to choose where you're gonna be. And also you don't have the ability to explore like you do, you know, without those constraints. Totally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I also feel like you mentioned art, you mentioned like creating games and things like that. Yeah. In order to have the ability to do that, mm -hmm. you also need to have rested too. Because mm -hmm. I know it's yeah. very hard to go from like focusing all day on one thing to mm -hmm. then just like flip a switch yeah. and do something creative. Right. You know? And also it's like, uh, you know, the accessibility of those things. Like we have, however, you know, like if we say like we have the 888 system of like eight hours of school, eight hours of work, eight hours of free time, eight hours of sleep. And that's not really the case. Because if you take into account commuting, if you take into account, you know, uh, a lot of people, like, if you work maybe multiple jobs, if you go to school and have a job on top of that, there isn't really, like, that. There, you don't have that freedom. We aren't afforded yeah. that freedom. And so what I, what I like about COIL is that we, we try to take that back. We do flying squads on the weekend, yeah. which is kind of like the weekend is that, that time that we've been allotted, you know, to, to be, to have some, you know, free time. And, and we can kind of take that back to do some yeah. self-directed education and things like that that are, I don't know very beneficial to me. Yeah, absolutely. The, uh, the flying squirrel, that flying squirrel? Flying squads. Flying squads. But, flying but squirrel. it's funny because the, um, the, the logo the is a flying squirrel. squirrel. Yeah. So yeah, that, we, that. we play on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, that's wrong. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's like squirrel imagery. Yeah, no, yeah, you're um, right. That, that's definitely one thing I wanted to pick your brains about just generally, because mm -hmm. I've seen a lot about that. And I'm sure others are curious as well. But let's back up a second. I want to hear mm -hmm. from your perspectives, what is COIL? Like, what does COIL mean to you? Why did you get involved? Like, what's your involvement with the organization? Yeah. Um, I got involved when um, I met Co at Kaleidoscope. And just one day I was on the bus with her, and I just decided I wanted to wanted to do this. Yeah. And I just want, like, I, I've always, like, really disliked school as an institution, and I feel like I really should do something to dismantle that the institution as it is and build something better in its place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's, like, you know, originally I didn't get into COIL for, like, the, the school abolition or the school dismantling aspect, which is interesting because now I feel like that takes up like so much of my brain like that is such a uh, an, a real issue i face yeah. i think being in school but no um i think coil is like just in the name central Ohio youth liberation it's like there's a lot of misconceptions i feel like when you first hear it like uh, you know uh, dismantling adultism i feel like we can get a little laughed at but um you know i it's understanding that youth are just as um and i a positionality as a reality are subjugated are a are a second class you know and what happens is that that is you know this this identity of youth is always you know 
when it happens is layered on top of other, you know, experiences. So whether, you know, you're uh, uh, an ethnic minority, if you're, um, you know, queer, uh, et cetera, poor, these, that experience and that, you know, marginalization is exacerbated by youth because youth are stripped of autonomy just as, you know, you are, you know, as a youth. Yeah. And it's something that we consider, well, you know, you grow up and you grow out of that, but that power, that system of domination remains, you know, and that remains well into your life and that, you know, subjugation of youth transcends not just the, the age, how many times you've been, you know, around like the sun. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like, hey, sorry, uh, you're, good. you're good. Take your time. Yeah, it's gonna be cut out. Um, it's like, even once you are an adult, it's like the effects of the oppression of youth still remains, because it it does because it sucks to like be an adult when the youth are oppressed. You know. Um, like, there's so many expectations placed on adults that aren't placed on youth. Mm -hmm. And it's just, like, ridiculous. It's arbitrary, right? And then it's, it's interesting how, like, just even being here, just the fact that I'm a couple months away from my 18th birthday means that I would need a parent signature and, you know, all these additional things that for many people are a barrier. Um, it's just, like, it makes accessing queer space it makes accessing also you know like you know uh social organizing spaces uh much more difficult that's like the reason i got in involved with coil specifically was because it was i i would try to get involved with other you know social justice groups and the fact that i was a minor was the turnoff mm -hmm. and i was like well okay well you've lost someone who would be very involved and also you just like have ignored a huge portion of the population, you know? Um, and so COIL was just very attractive to me as a concept and as a group because it was addressing that straight on. And I think it's also important to note that these movements that, um, you know, these progressive movements that uh, move society forward or, or, you know, whatever, they're so, so often led by, started by um, youth. Like youth are at the forefront of the thought, but also the, you know, feet on the ground. And like, you know, to ignore that or to like, we just, we just don't even make that connection. I kind of didn't up until, you know, I got involved that like, no, it's like, that is actually a, a very real intersection. I think Kaleidoscope also like in a way addresses that, but we all, you know, remember what it was like to be queer youth. I know what it's like, you know, I'm, I'm living that. Um, and that was, that is in and of itself, a whole extra set of problems that certainly carry into, you know, the rest of our lives. Mm -hmm. And in that yeah. affect our communities, like it's community yeah. care to care for our youth, to want to build a place where they are not just safe, but empowered, but, you know, uh, can actualize themselves because, you know, we do and, and we can, but it's just about allowing it, you know, not, you know, penalizing it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I just thought, like, when you like your youth and like you're queer, and you're forced to be in this institution that we call school, it's like, if that space is hostile to you, mm -hmm. it doesn't even apply to like just queer people, like any like, yeah any minority. It's like you're forced to be in this institution where people like 
that costs you for being different. Mm-hmm. And you're not allowed to leave that institution. You're forced to be there every day. And yeah. You, you, if you don't, they will arrest you mm-hmm. and arrest your parents and yeah. give, you a, give you a whole bunch of fines. And it's just ridiculous. It's unjust. Right. It's, it's like it creates a space where it's like unsafe and even in schools that are the most like there's there's also like the the class difference in like the school that you're in if you're a school that's well-funded or a school that is mm-hmm. not you know and even but the thing is that regardless it's one of those issues that is kind of regardless of class it is a surveillance state it is a place where you're told like you just have to wait it out you just have, it's almost like you know there's the school to prison pipeline and we do make connections with school and, and prisons as institutions because I mean, they're set up so similarly yeah. because, I mean, even the way that we talk about it, the way that we talk to high schoolers, it's like, you know, you just got to do your time. Yeah. And it's like, well, why does it have to be that way? You know, like it doesn't, we say it as if it's the most natural thing that, you know, it's so yeah. natural that you're going to be uncomfortable, miserable, depressed, alienated, yeah. you know, for however many years in school. No, that, why, who, who said that? Who decided yeah. that? Because I'm not happy with that. I'm not, because yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm not in class sitting like just doing my time. Oh, yeah. you know, well, it's high school. And I'm, no, this is my, this is my reality. And this, and, and this will affect me my whole life as I've seen it affect everyone else in my community, you know? Like sure. we don't just wake up at 18 with a whole new, you know, I, the, my whole life will be the same. Like, well, in, in many ways too, you know, you yeah. think you are in school from, mm-hmm. let's say somebody from preschool to high school graduation, mm-hmm. that's, you know, 14 years of your life roughly. Yeah. Yeah. And then you graduate and it's like, okay, good luck. Right. You know? yeah. And, yeah. And that like, you know, for better or for worse, that requirement to be in school all that time provides some structure to your days. And like, you know, that this is going to yeah. happen, whatever. And then when you get to that point, in school are you being provided with the like hey here's how you like get a car yeah. you know what i mean here's mm-hmm. how you get a house or rent an apartment like these things that help yeah. carry you on it's like no you're just kind of thrust into the world mm-hmm. so at that point it's like yeah. what are you gaining from that experience exactly as well, you know and i just remembered like with schools and prisons like my high school mm-hmm. it didn't have any windows at all yeah. it had none and it, it was like high schools i had built but this they designed and built by the same people who designed and built actual like prisons. Literally, yeah. They hire the same companies. Mm-hmm. No, it's like they have police. Yeah. You know, you have like at times, often like literally police officers yeah. or like administration that are surveilling, and and it, it makes you think that maybe the purpose of that is, as an institution isn't really to prepare you for adulthood. Because if it was, then then you would have to maybe confront these these underlying very intrinsic issues you know about class about you know white supremacy about the patriarchy like if you were to if it was really about preparing you for real life it would look completely different but it's not about you know it's a it's just a place that we can put our youth so that everyone you know the adults can work and that says something about the way that you know what we value i think in in you know I mean, even if we do need a place for, like, kids to go so, like, adults can work, it's like, why does that place need to be schools as they are now? Right. Why can't schools be, like, libraries where you can learn what you want, when you want, and it's like... Yeah, you're not forced to be there the whole time. You're not forced to be there, and you have adults who, like, are supportive of, of, like, whatever you want to learn, Mm -hmm. whatever you're trying to do yeah i mean just the way from the schedule from like you know even from the teacher my parents are teachers you know like i I understand that perspective as well 
like the whole way it's it's worked is, is not effective it's not efficient you know it's not it's we're seeing it like people like students in america it's like what we're retaining yeah. you know learning versus um students in other countries and also just the fact that it's it's so dependent on zip code about class and you know wealth but i think like beyond just school yeah coil does you know more stuff as well because we do I mean, like we, I could talk about school this whole time. Well, but well, you know, we're still on the subject. Okay, school. okay, let's, nice. Let's talk about Flying Squad. And okay, kind of love. Your yeah, you kind yeah. of talked about like libraries as being like a potential like, you know, replacement or model. Yeah, yeah. But like, talk about Flying Squad or maybe some of Coil's other visions for like a schoolless yeah. world. We do spend for a lot of our Flying Squads. We we really often go to the library. We do, yeah. yeah. We love the library. <laughs> we love the library. Um, and we just go do things around the city, around mm -hmm. Central Ohio, and it's great. Like, it's so, fun when... What What is yeah. it? Like, for somebody who hasn't heard about what the flying school I mean, is. we just call it, like, you know, on paper or whatever, a, a self-directed kind of education program. Uh -huh. But I also see it as, like, a third space, but without the material space there. And, you know, we said like home is where the heart is. It's a little bit like that. It's like we're kind of a group of people that meet up and then we create and a third, you know, place, I guess, to to meet. And so sometimes it is like we're discussing some, you know, philosophical topic yeah. or sometimes we're not like sometimes we're we're doing crafts. Sometimes we're talking, we're discussing debriefing from yeah. a week. Um, it, it depends. We also do like flying squads occurs when other community events are happening around like community pride. Yeah. Um, you know that we have a free market coming up November 4th, which I'm sure like we'll count that as a flying squad yeah. activity as well. But it's like, it, it's just because we have no, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say that this is like what schools as a whole should be. That's a whole other kind of like topic. Um, but I think as a model for education, I think it's very effective. I think yeah. like just speaking anecdotally or for myself, organizing um, has provided me a much more enriching educational experience than and faster in a shorter amount of time than I can say my time in, you know, American public schools have yeah. at all. Um, so I don't know, like that. I've learned, I've, I've gained a lot that's really enriched my life in such, a, in like, a summer, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Who can attend the Flying Squads? Anyone. Actually, anyone. Just, um, we post usually, um, when they'll be at, you know, what time. We tried out doing them every Saturday, but it just made more sense logistically to do them, um, like, bi-monthly, like, twice yeah. a month every other week. Um, but you just check us out on our Instagram, uh, and we, you know, we'll post it there. Anyone can join and we're all very friendly people. You know, we'll, you know, we love to make a new friend. We yeah. always end up doing that. You know, I feel like we always meet someone. Yeah. But yeah. That's awesome. Very cool. Well, tell us more about like what COIL does and like ways that people can get involved. So you talked a lot about, um, you know, the educational component or lack thereof. Mm -hmm. um, what about like, you know, I know a tenant of that is like queer liberation, you know, let's talk about some other things. Right. That's just like, it's, it's no surprise. I think that um, so many of our members and so much of what we do is, is centered around the intersection of um, queerness and youth. Um, 
I just I just feel like that's that's right. I mean, given yeah. the the situation, I think politically and socially, just the fact that like queer youth are spe specifically youth in the queer community are de deeply definitely attacked right now. Yeah. Like definitely. So we do is resistance to that. I think it started. I, I met Co at um, a rally uh, about the um, the introduction of a Don't Say Gay bill in uh, yeah. the Ohio State House, and that's how we met. You know, I think like two years ago now. Um, so that's how it, I think, starts. But no, um, well, we do. We did a march, um, a demonstration for trans and queer youth autonomy in the spring, last spring, and that was great. But that's all very somber. I think that's all very serious. And so we kind of are switching things up now and tabling at Pride events. And then we threw the um, the youth drag show, the drag extravaganza, um, yeah. in August, which was very fun. Um, and that was just a, a moment of, I think, joy, celebration, and, and resistance that comes from love instead of fear or, you know, an, an anxiety. And that was very powerful and because it's directed, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I, I attended that mm -hmm, event. Yeah. Yeah. And that was just so cool because at a time, as you mentioned, like politically, when people are saying like, you know, youth don't have the ability to know if they're queer, if they're trans, mm -hmm. or like if they do, they shouldn't talk about it or right. shouldn't be brought up in schools or drag is, you know, um, like indoctrinating youth or whatever number mm -hmm. of things that are being said. I don't have to spew them out. Right. I, you know, it's hypocritical because it's, well, it's like, it's just, it's wrong. I'd say it's as if youth aren't, you know, at the forefront of drag. Right. At the, you know what I mean? As if, you know, you can't stop, you know, the kids from being gay. You can't, like, you can't do it. We'll find a way. Like, you know what I mean? So this was just a kind of like, see, this is what I'm saying. Like, right. here we are. It was, it mm -hmm. was incredible. Mm -hmm. And I mean, some of these performances, like, mm -hmm. had I just walked into the room, had no idea what the mm -hmm. context was, like, yeah. I would yeah. have thought y'all had been performing for years. Mm -hmm. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Mm -hmm. And maybe many of you have too. Mm -hmm. And so it was just a very, like, well-run event, totally well-executed, entertaining. Yeah. Just mm -hmm. the vibes were just immaculate i'm very know, so. i'm very happy to hear it, that it was very cool. <laughs> yeah Even, like, my partner came with me and the two mm -hmm. of us walked away like dang like i wish that had been around when we were younger you know because mm -hmm. it's like we're not that much older than you but yeah. to have access to that yeah. space and ability to do that is just well it's practical. funny because we didn't have actually we didn't have access to that space we totally squatted oh yeah, way. yeah we did yeah. Uh, that was 100 percent done you know with like like $15 for arts and crafts. Wow. Like, okay. Actually, no, Be Quick did send us a, a micro grant that hit our cash app that morning. Cool. So got a shout out, got a shout out. That's how we got the speaker. But no, that was all done um, by the community. I mean, that was not, that was done by the community by us. You know, like yeah. uh, we reached out um, to be able to like go by the books to hold that venue. And it completely fell through and it was interesting because it was the same people that were like diversity, equity, inclusion, these adults that were like, no, I mean, we're so, we're so about it. No, oh my God, yes, go off. And it's like, we get down to it. It's like, this isn't, they were like, it was an inaccessible space. They were, the moment that it, we said it was like, it was going to be youth. They were like, oh, good. That's fine. No problem. Couple emails in, it's like completely changed. And yeah. so it was like, yeah. I mean, if the door is unlocked, right? I mean, if the outlets are there to plug in the lights, we'll just, you know, no harm, no foul. No right. one has to know. And everyone had a good time. So, you know. Right. And yeah. I mean, technically it's a public institution. So, I mean, there, it happened. Like, we did it. Like, yes. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's too late now. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. One thing that we really touched on, and you definitely unpacked it without necessarily using the words, but I want to talk about the concept of adultism, right? Because I think a lot of us can think about like 
if I were to say sexism, just about everyone could be like, yes, I can think of yeah. an example of sexism or mm -hmm. transphobia, homophobia, all of these other isms and phobias, right? Mm -hmm. But adultism, I think, is one that is definitely not talked about, certainly not addressed per se. Mm -hmm. And I think if I were to walk into a room of adults and be like, oh, adultism, yeah. a lot of people look at me, come again. <laughs> right. So let's unpack what is adultism and maybe what are some ways that that like shows up and like manifests itself in day to day yeah. life. Mm -hmm. It's like um, basically just a concept that like adults basically just hold all the power and that everyone just accepts that on average. It's like mm -hmm. most people just assume adults are, the, are always right in every situation and they hold all the power, they hold all the political offices, it's just like how it is. Yeah, it's interesting because I think the moment that you put a, a, a label on it, I feel like people are hesitant about it, but I think we all understood, we all kind of know what, what that looks like. We understand what that looks like when the, you know, the voting age is 18, but we know that the, the reality of the population is um, politically active earlier than that. Um, and we understand what it what it's like to, to know that subspaces are just not accessible to youth that are not, you know, welcoming of, of youth, despite, you know, messaging that, you know, we're trying to be inclusive. It's like, well, you've excluded a whole segment of the population. Yeah. And it's one of those things that definitely does go in tandem with ideas um, such as patriarchy. I think we call, I think like there's a lot to be said about, um, you know, just like the phrase little girl, you hear that a lot. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like a, I don't know, like, um, it's an interesting intersection of, you know, youth is also seen as kind of feminine, which is bad. Mm. Or, you know, uh, it's no surprise that like, well, yeah, no, there's, I mean, I could get into that uh, uh, more, but um, no, that we, we give adults this kind of power over children and that I would say really does reflect the other, you know, systems of domination we have in our, you know, greater world. Think of child abuse, we think of domestic abuse and the abuse inflicted on children and how that's like, I mean, we all say it's bad, but then, you know, we don't really see a problem with like an, ex I mean, we do, but like not really an exploitative workplace or, you know, uh, just in general, like our, our dismissal of mental health issues. I think these all kind of work in tandem with our dismissal of youth, dismissal of children, and we put um, adults above them. Um, so yeah, like I think when we understand like legislation that attacks children and youth who have no voice in the political sphere um, in these our, you know institutions, and so are, you know, have no other choice but to go and organize outside of that. And then it's like, we don't even take it seriously. You know, we see like, you know, youth activists that we kind of laugh at and we don't, we don't consider. Um, but, you know, we can have like someone on dementia medication in the Senate and it's like, no, nah, I mean, like, hear this guy out. And it's like, that is completely, you know, we don't even think twice about that. But no, I feel like we all know what it was like to be disregarded um, as youth and as children when, our feelings and our experiences were just as real as the adults and just as impactful. And, you know, like, I don't know, they, they affected everyone. Like, it, it, we're, like, youth are part of the community just as everyone else. And that's, yeah. we're just kind of like not given autonomy until we hit this arbitrary age of 18, which is just not right. Right. It's not even like um, youth 
were the only ones who were dismissed mm-hmm. history. It's like back during like the civil rights, mm-hmm. you would just hear like racists on like the talk radio just laughing at like black people wanting rights. No, exactly. It's what I mean. It's like that's when we say it's like a sub. It's the same as like um, another subjugated group. It yeah. it does it works that way. And so there is a kind of interesting way that when we want to demean a group of people, we call them younger. We call them. You know what I mean? Like we yeah. we we laugh at them the way that you would laugh at children. And so that I think there is a connection to be made there. The way that you know, we, like I feel like sexism operates in a similar way that adultism does, and you know, racism does as well. Even just in casual micro, you know, microaggressions. But no, it, I can say like, it's interesting growing up, um, not being able to like, I don't know. I came up from a family where the lingua franca is Spanish. You know, we didn't speak English at home, and it's very interesting the way that um, I imagine like uh, English speakers or you know like the Americans would treat um, my, you know, my mom, my grandma who didn't speak English. They treat her like you know, children, and it's like, it's notice that pattern that's like, no, that says something about the way that we do treat children, the way that we, you know, view people and and the way that we create these hierarchies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially like, I don't know, in that example you just shared, somebody who speaks Spanish at home and also Mm -hmm. speaks English, it's like, okay, you try speaking two languages now too, you know, but then to treat them like to speak slowly or whatever. Yeah, talk down or to feel like that person is, you know, treat that person like they're incapable or, you know, just stupid and dismiss them and laugh and be like, oh, whatever. Like the way you would talk to a child. And I think, you know, you just say, well, then you just speak to that person like an adult, but it's also like maybe we shouldn't be speaking to children like that to begin with. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Right. Just like the very... Like, oh, that's so sweet. Oh, or laughing or the, you know, yeah, yeah all that, the dismissing. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, uh, it, it just like, it was just ridiculous. I feel like at a certain point, it's like, oh my God, I, I didn't, I didn't put the word adultism to, you know, to apply to so many scenarios until I did. And then I was like, that's what it was, you know, because, because yeah. it happened, because it occurs so in tandem with, you know, these other prejudices. Right. It's like when, like, someone, like, learns that someone is, like, autistic. They, they they never would have known. But then once they do know it, they start speaking to them as if, like, they're stupid and, like, mm-hmm. a child. Right. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a very good point. Mm-hmm. So what are ways that, like, you know, you shared some examples, but, like, what are ways that day-to-day we can work to dismantle adultism? I know that could be an episode in and of itself. But, mm-hmm. like, you know, day-to-day, what are some things that, like, you know, you encounter the most often is like, oh, that's adultist. And like, what can adults, because I know we have a lot of mm-hmm. adult listeners of this podcast. I'm sure. And I'm sure a lot of them are listening right now going, oh my gosh, I had no idea or whatever, you know? And so mm-hmm. what are ways that like, you know, we can remedy this in our day to day? I mean, I could go through a couple, I think a, a kind of silly, I don't know, not silly, but one that we wouldn't really think of, but um, scheduling and actually when, you want to hold meetings or when you want to have, you know, uh, events, things like that. Because, I mean, I could get into the, the, the deeper ideas about like, well, you know, reframe your, your mindset about what we consider, you know, uh, you know, to be youth or, or, you know, reframe your mindset about what it means to be mature. I could get into that, but that's kind of like its own thing. We listed some, you know, like, uh, leaders of, you know, like some philosophers there, I feel like you could get into. And I, I just say like, when, if you are committed to creating community spaces, community care, if you're committed to mutual aid, 
not including, not, not even taking into account, well, if I didn't have a driver's license, how could I get here? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, if I had to be at school from, you know, 8 a.m. or whatever to like 3 p.m., like, could I attend this thing? That's what, I, that's why I couldn't actually, you know, get involved in like other organizations up until I, you know, started working uh, in COIL was because it was like, we're meeting at like 1 p.m., mm-hmm. you know, across town. It's like, no, I could never, I could never do that. But no, just, um, it also means, Childcare care it means thinking about those things because it, it occurs so in tandem like I feel like this this could also be you know a take for um uh you know including uh working women or including you know mothers as well like uh space for you know taking care of children um but yeah just things like that like thinking about you know uh what would what would I'm you know what would happen if like, how could I get involved if I was, you know, a minor? Yeah. I was thinking, yeah. you know, about those things. Yeah. Really good point. And just, like, make your stuff accessible to younger mm-hmm. people. Just, yeah. like, make sure youth can, can are able to access your stuff just as much as, like, any other adult would be able to. Mm-hmm. That's, like, I'd say one of the biggest things you can do to dismantle adultism and just let let them participate like they want to. Just, like... Right, and then in, yeah. in in dialogue and in conversation, not just in conversation, but like to actually take the time to stop and listen to what someone younger than you is saying, and not just listen and nod your head, but actually consider that experience and put yourself in and their shoes, because so often we're like, well, I was young once and I remember, but it's like, yeah, but you were young once then, and even still, I'm no less a member of this community as you. You know what I mean? If we're really we're really committed to you know caring for each other and building these networks you have to include youth and um or you know like what we are doing is youth just yeah. doing that themselves and it's like well you know we're i feel like adults should be lucky we're including them in in yeah. coil <laughs> like yeah. i feel like we you know it's, it's also like i don't really need to wait to be allowed you know like eh, or i didn't you know you start doing something like this and so then we start partnering up with other organizations and then in that i've noticed yeah. Other organizations be more willing or more open, I think, to the idea of an autonomous, you know, independent youth. Yeah. Yeah. Or even, I, I think, just the sheer fact alone that COIL exists as a, like, by youth, for youth mm-hmm. organization. You guys mm-hmm. don't have, like, a parent advisor. You don't have mm-hmm. the troop leader. You don't have, it's, like, yeah. a, a mm-hmm. I don't know, like a teacher or something yeah. that's overseeing yeah. this, right? Like, this is all just you know, autonomously built by right. youth, which I think is, I mean, is an obvious thing to mm-hmm. say mm-hmm. to two people involved in COIL, but I think yeah. a lot of people listening might be like, oh, I had no idea that this is youth run, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that's such a yeah. foreign concept. No, it's just, it's be. it's all, you know, uh, youth. And it's interesting because it's something that we pass down. It's also, in a way, it, there's just like a, an internal self-checking system because it's like once you, it's not even that like once you reach a certain age, but it's just about, um, we're constantly finding younger people. It's never like a click or it's never like we're shutting yeah. off. It's like we're always trying to find someone, you know, more to get involved and, you know, more youth, more young people. It's like it's it's always going to be kind of recycling and, and rotating. Mm-hmm. And so that, that keeps it fresh. I think that keeps it yeah. um, pertinent, you know, germane to what's what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. Truly, the antithesis of yeah. having the congressman who is on dementia medication is right, right, and who's been and who's been there for whatever how many decades? Like exactly, exactly yeah. To to have those fresh mm-hmm. perspectives, and mm-hmm. that keeps like older members, like older being relative, but like somebody who's been in the organization for a couple of years. Yeah. 
giving you fresh ideas too and keeping well yeah and it's like and also the fact that we don't really do any sort of i feel like we don't have a, we don't have an internal hierarchy in any way yeah. i think of it kind of like if you want to do something or we've reached a point where it's like if you want to actualize and if you want to be involved in something or you see an issue and you want to do you know are inspired you can do it and we will support that and we have the people we have people who you know will help out regardless of age it's not like a, okay well the high schoolers are doing this and then the you know and those who you know are online or and then the ones who graduated and the ones who don't it's like not even like yeah. that it's not it's like everybody helps everybody um and then, and that, that also spreads beyond just the organization, you know, that is external as well. We know people in, you know, KYC, we know people in um, Just 614, Be Quick, like we have these connections around uh, Sunrise yeah. Columbus, another one. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, that leads to my next and probably the last question is like, if folks want to get involved in COIL, where can they find the information? Where do they show up? How can they get involved? Like, do you have to be in central Ohio? Like, mm -hmm. talk a little bit about that. Uh, we have an Instagram, Coil614, and we also have a website, coil.org. Mm -hmm. um, but we mainly communicate through our Instagram right now. Yeah, um, That's DM us. us. Yeah, yeah, totally. Just uh, DM us at um, Coil614, and um, you can get involved. Um, we also, when we hold events, when we do, you know, like just check out our Instagram to see when our next event, or if it's like flying squads or if it's, I know that November 4th, we have a free market. So bring stuff that you'd want to, you know, uh, I don't know, give, or, um, I'm sure there's going to be cool stuff. I'm bringing stuff. So there will be cool stuff actually. Um, and we also have our youth liberation presentation, yeah. um, the 21st of so the Saturday. Um, but yeah, we're, we're around um i think well you know there's always people around um you know kaleidoscope and so yeah. yeah awesome well thank you both so much for being on as guests mm -hmm. i have been looking forward to this so much and the conversation is definitely gonna leave me walking away thinking about mm -hmm. like you know just the way that yeah. i interact with folks in the world and mm -hmm. just day to day mm -hmm. um so i appreciate you so much for being on here of course yeah. thank you for having us yeah thank and you for having us and for those who are listening, thank you so much for listening. Um, if you want to stay in the loop with all things COIL, as they said, follow at C-O-Y-L 614 mm -hmm. on Instagram. Um, if you want to follow along with all things KYC, um, you can follow us everywhere at KYC Ohio or check out our website at KYCOhio.org. Um, if you want to support us in our future endeavors or you know help to keep this podcast moving, um, you can find ways to donate and get involved at KYCOhio.org slash donate. And lastly, we always want to hear from you. So if you have any questions or podcast topics that you want to bring up, um, suggestions for future episodes, we want to hear them. So please email me, Mallory at KYCOhio.org. So thank you so much for listening and thanks for being here as guests. Yeah, thank you. All right, thanks.